Hello, hello, fierce friend. Welcome to The Fierce Life with me, your host, Conceda Thomas. In today's show, I have a special guest, Jill Coleman, and we are going deep into how to stop obsessing over the food so that you can get results and keep results. So guys, if you ever feel like, you know, I can exercise, but I just can't get the food part right, you may not think it's food obsession, but you definitely want to tune into this episode because I'm sure that there are going to be plenty of gems dropped that you can collect to affect your results. So go ahead, jam out to the show tunes, get pen and paper, and meet me on the other side of the music. Welcome to The Fierce Life, presented by Conceda Thomas. This podcast is designed to give you the food and fitness strategies, tools, and inspiration that you need to create sustainable results without making the process a second job. You will save the mental and emotional energy that's normally drained by this process and instead use that energy to live your most fierce life. Hey, fierce friend, before we jump into the content of this episode, I wanted to remind you that we have the free five-week live workshop, How to Lose Weight for Good Without Calorie Counting, Macronutrient Tracking, over-exercising, or giving up the foods that you love. We already got started. We started on February 7th, but we will be going until March 7th. So you can always jump in, even if you're jumping in late. The lessons and the homework assignments will still be available for you. So if you want to go ahead and join us on that live training so that you can stop repeating the same patterns and get the results that you really want and deserve, head over to concitathomas.com slash how to lose weight for good. That's concitathomas.com slash how to lose weight for good. All you have to do to attend is submit your number one question about how to lose weight for good. That is the price of entry, um, no cash required. And then you'll have access to the workshop, the trainings, the homework, and to coaching from me during that time. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey, Fierce Friend, welcome back. This is episode 29. I'm here today with Jill Coleman, our special guest, and we're going to get into all things food obsession. We're going to be talking about how to get over obsessing over the food, whether that is the Reese's Pieces, the cookies, the brownies, like me, or even if it's just hashtag Tupperware life. We're going to talk about how to get over that, how to enjoy a life where you are free from food obsession and still getting and keeping results. So thanks so much for being here today, Jill. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super pumped to talk about this. And I know that there's a lot of different things we can talk about. So I know that this is something that a lot of women need. So I'm pumped. All right. Me too, Jill. So Jill, you are definitely my go-to girl when it comes to this stuff. Uh, You were the first person who had, had ever introduced me to things like intermittent sampling and all those other tools. But Before we jump into the nitty gritty, um, just tell my fierce friends a little bit about yourself. Who is Jill? (laughs) Um, Yeah, thank you so much for having me and for asking that question. So um, I uh, own a company called Jill Fit. So when I started, I was like one of those super just lucky people who just loved exercise. So growing up, I was an athlete. I went to school for exercise science. Um, and after I graduated, I got a job in fitness full-time. And so for me, it was like my dream job. I did not have to be behind a desk. I was personal training, teaching group fitness classes, running 5Ks, triathlons, things like that. And I always just exercised so I could eat whatever I wanted. I wasn't interested in 
counting macros, counting calories. I just had no interest in the food at all. I just wanted to eat what I wanted to eat and I wanted to exercise it off of the gym because I was always running on endorphins. So it wasn't until I was about 24 years old when I was looking at auction magazine as we do and I started to see like competitors and they were so lean and they were so ripped and I was getting to the point where I really want to take my fitness to the next level. So I signed up for my first figure competition and anyone who's ever done a show or done like a drastic diet knows that usually the first time you diet, your body changes a lot, right? Like it, it actually usually works. And so for me, I dieted for my show and this is the very first time I'd ever even paid attention to things like macros and calories and counting and measuring, uh, counting around like a, a, a gallon water jug and stuff like that. And um, my body really transformed a lot. I got a lot of attention at my gym. A lot of people were asking when my show was. I got up on stage at about 12% body fat, lost about 20 pounds in that, you know, that process and ended up winning my show. And I remember after my first show, no one had talked about really like what happens after a drastic weight loss. Like no one tells you like, you kind of have to keep eating like that or you can't just eat all the junk food that you haven't been eating for three months. And so I started just eating everything in sight because I was so deprived and I gained back 15 pounds within two weeks. And that was eye-opening for me because I never paid attention to that. I never had to worry about my weight. I was always just fit and healthy. And so I felt depressed. Like that was the first time in my life I really felt depressed. And I was like, I just need to get this look back. I need to get this leanness back. And so I said, I have to do another diet. I need to do another show. That's the only way I could get back that self-control. And so I did another show, did another show, did another show. And for six years, prepping for shows and photo shoots became my weight loss mechanism. That was the only way that I knew how to control my weight. And if I wasn't dieting, I was eating with abandon. And so it wasn't until I started my business at Jill Fit in the iteration that it is now as like a blog and kind of front facing that I was like, you know what? I need, to, this can't just be about me. I was miserable to the point where I was counting, measuring, I was prepping for these shows, I was dieting nonstop and the diet wasn't working as well anymore. My body wasn't responding. I need to do more cardio, cut calories, cut carbs. And so I got to the point of being so miserable in this kind of deprived and then binge cycle that I did not schedule any more shows, no more shoots. And I remember having this conversation with myself like, okay, I'm, I'm not doing another show. I'm not doing another photo shoot, something to prep for. I need to figure out a way to eat healthy forever. And that was terrifying because I didn't know what that looked like. I only knew on or off, black or white, all or nothing. And so trying to navigate that middle space felt very uncomfortable, like very like out of control, allowing myself to have some foods that were not on a competition, quote, competition plan. And then also not being, not eating whatever I wanted, being able to like take bites of stuff and without having to polish it all off. And that took like three full years to go from what I consider to be an all or nothing kind of crazy dieter to someone who practices moderation and, and eats the same on Saturday that they do on Monday. And so that was a huge long process. And in, in doing that myself, I created lots of tools and kind of a glossary of terms and education around moderation through 65. And that's what I teach in my business now. I love your story because a lot of times, a lot of us, and I say us, because until I discovered how to do this, me too, right? We, we hear fitness pros like you, Moderation365, right? That's your thing. That's your hashtag. We hear you guys talk about that stuff. And I'm realizing they hear me now talk about that stuff. And they're rolling their eyes at all of us. <laughs> they're rolling their eyes at all of us because they think either a, they don't believe us. They think that we're secretly eating Reese's Pieces, but we just like love exercise so it doesn't show. Or two, that we don't like those foods just naturally. Sure. And the thing I love about your story is you share that you, you do like that kind of stuff and you had to figure out how to not be all or nothing. 
So what, first of all, before we even get into the tools that you use, because I know you have a ton, some, some of them I know and some I may not know, um, can you speak to, did you realize at first even that you were obsessed with food? Like I competed too, you mentioned that jug of water and that cracked me up and like Tupperware life and all of that. And I remember not thinking that I was obsessed with food. So that was not the problem I was trying to solve. So can you tell me how you went from just being like, I'm hardcore, I'm doing what it has to take, you know, nothing tastes as good as being this lean feels to realizing that, oh no, this is legit obsession and that's the problem and this is what I have to fix. How did you know? Yeah, you know, it's such a great question because, you know, my own personal story and I've worked with literally like hundreds of women who, you know, dieting feels really good. It feels organized, right? It feels like, man, I'm in control. Look at all these other people who are not in control, right? Look at the other people who can't help themselves. So when I'm in like a, a super, when I was like in a dialed in, quote, dialed in dieting mode, it felt really good. It almost felt like self-righteous, you know what I mean? To the point of like, I'm at the gym the earliest, I'm there the longest, I'm the one who's in control of my eating. And so the discipline of that feels really good. But the thing that kind of showed me that um, there was a problem was when I wasn't quote dieting, here's the thing. Anytime you have this period of deprivation, you're always going to have an equal and opposite overindulgence later. It can be, you know, a month from now, it could be three months from now, it could be a year from now. And I couldn't uh, ignore the fact that that kept happening. So it'd be one thing if like that was just the way that I ate, but I was getting this boomerang effect. Every time I stopped dieting, got up on, you know, was, was done with the show or done with the shoot or whatever I was prepping for, I would always boomerang back, always boomerang back, always boomerang back. And the feelings of guilt and shame and embarrassment and self-disgust and all those kind of like negative motivators that I was feeling when I gained back weight clouded my ability to look at things objectively. I didn't see myself as obsessed. I just saw myself as weak and then strong and then weak and then strong based on how I was eating. It wasn't like, oh, I'm obsessed with food. It felt really good and organized to be on plan. And I like that feeling, you know, you're lean, your clothes are zipping right up. It's addictive. But I always had that equal and opposite response in the overindulgence and binging. And so after years of that, I was forced to look at the reality of the situation. What I was doing was not working. In fact, I couldn't go through my day, like eating and exercise started to feel like a full-time job. Instead of feeling like something that I enjoyed, it started to feel like a job. I was eating five or six times a day. I was at the gym three three times a day. I was, um, if I wasn't eating food, I was buying food, making food, cleaning dishes from just eating food, making food. You know what I mean? Like it was just a full-time gig. And, yes. like, and honestly, you can see to like the moment that I switched was when I started my business. I was like, Hey, if I'm going to try and be like, actually build this business, I can't afford to be thinking about this stuff and be at the gym three times a day. I have to minimize the amount of mental energy and time it's taking me with eating and exercise. And so the huge moment for me was I stopped prepping food. And that was terrifying to me. Sunday food prep was like the thing that put me in control. But I started noticing that it wasn't working, right? I was binging every week and every week and every weekend. And so I just said, you know what? I'm so sick while I was dieting food. I really just can't eat this egg whites anymore. Like I just can't, I'm just not going to. And if I gain 50 pounds this week, it's totally fine. Like that was the point I got to. And I remember I didn't eat perfectly, but I had protein shakes and protein bars and takeout salads and you know nuts and things that I previously had not allowed myself. And I didn't gain 50 pounds like I thought I was going to. And so having the evidence of like, oh, I'm okay. That worked okay. I'm not, you know, I didn't lose weight, but I certainly didn't go off the rails like I thought I would have. Having the evidence that that was okay gave me the permission to kind of start to trust myself. And that was, that was like the moment that I was like, all right, maybe I can figure this out. 
But by the way, like you mentioned, moderation, if you're in that period of like wanting to be super strict with your eating, moderation doesn't feel good enough, right? If someone came to me at that time, like just try and eat moderate, have balance. I'd be like, oh, that's for your grandmother. Like that's for like, no, I'll eat moderately when I'm 60. It's like now, you know what I mean? Back then it was like, I need to be hardcore. And so I want to just make sure that we talk about the fact that a lot of people might not even want that. It's not even attractive until you're in a certain place in your journey, I found. I totally agree with you. Um, so a few things that you said that definitely resonate. And fierce friends, make sure you are catching this. Like, like I know Jill is funny, she's entertaining, but catch the gems. <laughs> First thing is, so a lot of a lot of my audience, they don't compete. Like they've never competed. A lot of them don't want to compete, but like you, you mentioned, like the 12-week competition prep, right? So fierce friends. So this is the same as those six-week challenges, eight-week challenges, 12-week challenges. You may not be getting up on a stage in a bikini and heels. However, that, that like you said, just that addiction to it's the food prep, it's the weekly weigh-ins, it's the seeing instant gratification of the feedback of things changing. That can be addictive and that's great if you can maintain it as a lifestyle. But the key the food obsession is taking hold is if there's always a boomerang effect. If there's always 20 pounds that you lost and 20 pounds that came back or 25 that came back. And if it starts to suck the life out of you and you're doing it because you have to, not because you want to. So those are the tell, 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 tell some more signs <laughs> that, that is, is not working, even if it is giving you results. So so you said that a lot of us think that moderation is for our grandma and like, it doesn't feel not your grandma. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, it's <laughs> later in life, right? Like I need to be hardcore now. It's not, it's more about like, Oh, when I don't care about my looks, then I'll do moderation, but I right. moderation can work and also change your body. So I think yes. that's what it tends to be. Yes, exactly. All right. So you decided that it wasn't working for you. Maybe you weren't calling it food obsession at that point, but you were definitely ready to step off the roller coaster. So like, what did that look like though? So first of all, like, what did you actually do? You've already shared protein bars, protein shakes, salads. What else? What are some of your tools and hacks that you have for us? So I'm glad you mentioned that. So maybe someone's never been up on stage or whatever, but the same principles apply anytime you're doing a diet, right? As humans, we're kind of wired for novelty. So we like to program jump. We like to know what other people are doing. We like to read magazines and see what a celebrity is eating and then try and eat that. And so a lot of times we would rather be looking for something new to do than buckling down on something that might work long-term. And I think for a lot of us who are used to dieting, it would be, it would feel disorienting to not be thinking about food all the time. So one of the things that I had to adjust when I started eating moderately, and when I say moderately, all I mean is eating kind of the same foods every single day, no matter if I'm, there's no plans anymore. It's just like how you eat forever and it tends to be, it's healthy, right? It's like, maybe if you have to compare it to something, it's like 80% on 20% off that 20% though, I'm not like going and having a big, huge cheat meal. I'm basically sprinkling in you know, things throughout the week that are what I consider to be more satisfying. So things that hold me over and take the edge off cravings. So you mentioned earlier that sometimes it's easy for people who don't have a sweet tooth or maybe they never like sweets or, I mean, honestly, I was the person growing up that was always the hungriest of anyone I knew. I had the biggest, <laughs> I was eat. I remember other people would stop eating and I would be like, how can they possibly be full right now? And I remember just, even as a kid, always had a sweet tooth. Mountain Dew and candy and like all these kind of plastic foods. I just love that 
stuff. And I still, by the way, like that stuff. Um, well, I just, it was like, did you say plastic? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like off a nutter and yeah, like yeah. and just like plastic, like candy and stuff. Like I still love yeah. that, stuff, you know? So I think allowing myself to have, and this was really hard because I didn't know how to eat moderately. I didn't know how to like have a couple handfuls of chips and leave it at that, right? It was like, I need to eat the whole thing or why even bother? And so going from all or nothing to starting to like eat little bites of things really became like the way that I started practicing moderation. So nothing was ever off limits. And that was scary too, because there were foods like literally dairy products and nuts and fruit, even sometimes protein bars, protein shakes, these things that I consider to be healthy now weren't on that super strict plan. If you've ever done something like the whole 30 or whatever, you know, you're not allowed to have cream in your coffee and like all these kind of things. So I started just doing these, I call them nutritional gimmies throughout the week, like nutritional relief and building that into my week. So I was having, you know, if I was going to have a salad, I'd have like, you know, some cheese and some avocado or something like that on it. If I had, you know, a, a eggs and, um, I don't know, fruit, I would have a couple strips of bacon, like things that I weren't normally allowing myself. And on Mondays, I had a glass of wine on a Tuesday, right? That previously that stuff was just totally off my radar. And so giving myself what I call preemptive cheats, like little kind of like I said, things to increase the satisfaction of the day so that by the time you get to Friday or Saturday, you don't feel like you need that like full on cheat meal because you haven't been depriving yourself all week long. And so for me, that was the first part was allowing myself to have some things that I normally would not have that aren't even unhealthy, but just made me feel more satisfied so that I didn't get to the weekend totally deprived and then eat everything in sight. Exactly. Okay. So def- so basically just sprinkling in things that you would have previously considered cheats. They were now just part of every day. I'll give you a quick example. So, um, you know, for me, I will potentially go and I love like malt balls, like those ones with like chocolate and peanut butter. And so what I did was I practiced, like I'll go to the store, get a bag of those and I'll bring them to my house and it'll last me like a whole week. Right. So this like this big, that, that could never have happened before. I would feel so uncomfortable even having them in my house. Like I would just have to eat them all really quick. So if they're gone, so I don't have to worry about them. And now like, they can be literally on my counter all week long. And I'm just like, well, I pop one here or there, like maybe after each. So here's how I started. If you want to like talk tools after this, is how I started after each one of my meals, I would just have like a tiny bit of chocolate, but I have like one little piece of like one little square of chocolate or a Hershey kiss or something like that. And I allowed myself like after each meal, sometimes you want a little sweet. And I just was like, all right, just top off each meal with a little bit of sweet. And that helped me practice just being able to take one thing instead of having to eat the whole bag. It wasn't like, oh, I'm eating Hershey Kisses now. I better eat the whole thing. It was like, I'm just going to have, you know, and so throughout the day, you have three to four Hershey Kisses. I would argue that's a lot better in the long term to have three to four a day than to like on the weekend, eat a whole bag plus Oreos, plus ice cream, plus, you know what I mean? So these kind of preemptive help you uh, stay moderate all weekend long. So they eat the same on Saturday they do on Monday. That makes so much sense to me. What would you say to someone who's listening to this right now who is saying like, Jill, Conceita, you guys are like, you guys are smoking crack because if I have malt balls in my house, I am going to eat them. Like, did you ever, did it ever not work? And if so, like, how did you get to a point where it did work? Yeah, so this is a great question and I totally agree with you. Honestly, people roll their eyes so much when I talk about moderation or talk about things like mindfulness or intuitive eating or just eat when you're hungry, right? If someone had told me when I was in like (laughs) that, just eat when you're hungry, I would have literally been like, how? Like how, I don't even know when I'm hungry, right? I just, you lose uh, 
biofeedback signals to hunger, cravings, energy. Like you just, you just lose all of that. Most of us either feel starved or stuffed. Like that's the only two, two options. (laughs) So this is actually a practice in mindfulness, which is another one of those like super esoteric words like moderation, but mindfulness is super simple. It's literally just like noticing what's happening, right? So most of us, if we start down the rabbit hole of eating junk, we kind of turn our brain off. I call this brain shutdown mode. We're just like, I'm eating this. I'm in this mode right now. I just need to finish all these up, right? We don't like to even think about what's happening because it makes us feel like we're bad or we feel shame or we feel you know guilt or whatever it is. So mindfulness is just noticing like, okay, I have this big bag of malt balls. And instead of resist, 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 put yourself on a schedule. Like I know it sounds strange, but that's how you build mindfulness. So the schedule would be, I have my phone. I'm going to set my timer for like, I don't know, every two hours, maybe like throughout the day. And I'm going to have a mop ball every two hours. I know it sounds so silly, but this is how you teach yourself to do this. And it's a mindfulness practice. Every two hours, I'm going to have a mop ball. And over the course of like 12 hours, that's what, six to seven a day, which I would, again, is much better than like eating a whole bag with abandon. You have six or seven a day. You might be thinking your head, Jill, well, that's not good enough. That's too much. But I would argue that the reason why we overindulge and we can't control ourselves is because we don't allow ourselves. So instead of being like, I need to resist these, give yourself permission and just set a schedule. So I call this intermittent sampling. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and it's just about taking some and then leaving and then taking some and then leaving and then taking some and then leaving. And by doing that, teaching yourself mindfulness, the outcome, I ate seven or eight malt balls throughout the day might be the same, right? Like maybe you eat the same amount, but the practice is the mindfulness practice. And I guarantee you after like a week of practicing that you won't even need this anymore. And you'll totally like not even notice that the malt, you know what I mean? Like over time, you don't even notice that they're there or you're taking less just naturally, but you need to trust yourself enough to even have them in the house the first, in the first place. And here's the thing with moderation, like you might overindulge a couple times, but it's not going to be because you're practicing mindfulness. It's not going to be like that forever. Cool. I think, yeah, that's so, so useful. Like, first of all, giving yourself permission. And then second of all, giving yourself permission to not get it perfect at first. Like if I buy the malt malt balls and then I text you tomorrow and tell you that they're all gone, like I can't say moderation didn't work. It just means I need more more practice. I need to eat more malt balls. Right. Because a lot of, a lot of people, that's what happens to them the first time. Of course, you're not going to be good at this, right? It's a practice. So you can't just be like, oh, it doesn't work for me. And you also have to be like, okay, if I start like, you know, maybe allowing myself some of these preemptive cheats, am I going to gain some weight? And like the bottom line is like, you might gain a couple pounds. Like I gained about like three to four pounds, but you have to ask yourself, what's the trade-off? You're going to gain three to four pounds to be able to like totally just eat normally and healthy for the rest of your life. Or you're going to hang on to that little like three to four pound weight loss at the expense of all your mental energy and all your time. I mean, it really comes down to that. So will you gain a little bit? Probably, but you don't keep gaining exponentially like your body levels off and it gets used to it. And to be honest with you, I actually lost a little bit of weight after I started eating moderately because my body, my metabolism just started like settling in. Wow. This was so great, Jill. And so, and how long? <laughs> so, okay, guys, so I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it up. I'm getting to the questions I know you guys all want to know. And I know you, I know your answer already, Jill. I know what it's going to be, but we've got to ask it so that you can say it. How long does this take, Jill? Like, how, how long will it take for me to go from all or nothing to a PhD in moderation? Like, how long is that process? Yeah, I mean, honestly, so I wish I had tools. Like, honestly, I have a course called Corey Food Obsession Bootcamp, and I wish that I had the tools in that course when I was going through it. 
I had to like reverse engineer the course. I had to look back and be like, what did I do? Right. And then like create the curriculum that way. Um, it took me three full years. So I'll say it took me three years to like finally get to the place where like, I just don't think about food anymore. Like I just, I, I eat when I'm hungry. I don't eat when I'm like full enough. I eat to 8% fullness. I have not been stuffed in like six years. Like the feeling of feeling stuffed in your pants, like hasn't happened to me for six years, even on Thanksgiving, even on the holidays. Like, so, but that's a practice. And so I think it's easy to look at you or to look at me and be like, well, it must be nice for them, but you have to. And I found that this is the case. You have to be ready for the long haul. You have to be so just throw your hands up, totally just miserable with the other thing first to be able to commit to this. I have a lot of people who are like, Jill, I just want to learn. I want to eat like you. I want to be able to do it, but they're not quite ready because it is, it feels like giving up the illusion of control, right? It feels like giving up control. But to me, it's really about learning to trust yourself in all situations. So you can have a bag of, you know, malt balls on your counter and be okay. You can go to a a social event and be okay and go to happy hour and be okay and trust yourself that you're not going to overindulge, but you need to have evidence, right? You need to like, like accrue some evidence that you can trust yourself because that's the ultimate in control. The ultimate in control is being able to trust yourself no matter what around any foods, anytime. And that's like a 2.0 level way of doing things. Right. And so by nature, that's going to take time. So you have to be ready. And I would say with the tools that we have now, especially if you're doing a course, something like that, it's going to take at least a year minimum. It took me three. I think it can be faster. If you're like, if you're reading this stuff, you're following Conceda, you're doing the things that she's sharing with you guys, you know, and you also have to be ready to like, for it to like, not be that exciting. <laughs> like it's not, I <laughs> like, just eat like this forever and there's nothing else to look forward to. And it's like, yeah, you don't, you can change your training. You can adjust different things with the way that you're moving your body. But yeah, moderation is about eating the exact same for the rest of your life. And if that makes you feel weird, like that's, you had to get used to that too. I love it because I don't even think about food, but for some people it's disorienting. There's never another diet to do. You're, you literally stop looking for plans and that to me is great, but you have to be ready for that. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> she, she wraps it up in a nice bow for us fierce friends. She really did. We have to be at the point where we're throwing our hands up and we are so sick of the other thing that we're willing to do this for the long haul. And I think you even posted on Facebook about that sometime back. And I think, guys, I think that is the key. So if, if you are still rolling your eyes at us right now, that's okay. Just keep doing all or nothing. Get sick enough and fed up enough with it. Come back and listen to this episode um, and, and, and then give it a go. So Jill, you mentioned that you have a course. Like if somebody listen to this interview and they loved it and they're like wait she mentioned a few tools Conceda says she had dozens how do I fill in that gap how can they get their hands on that is that open now I know you normally open and close how can they get their hands on that sure yeah honestly like if someone is listening to this it's kind of like oh I'm thinking about maybe starting to kind of do this um yes yeah, so you can go to jillfit.com forward slash f-o-b-c it's food obsession Bootcamp. f-o-b-c um and all the information there if you want to know like kind of some of the tools and stuff that we teach the course is really great because if you like examples like sometimes if you teach something like mindfulness moderation you know abundance mindset all these kind of tools it's good to have examples so i'm a huge fan of that i tell a lot of stories in the course so you kind of know what this looks like um and it's accessible of course it's four weeks which is not nearly enough time as it would take for you guys to like fully make the switch but introducing you to some of the tools and all a lot of this comes down to mindfulness 
I think that's like kind of like the Mac Daddy top tool if you have a mindfulness practice. And again, I know that sounds like super esoteric and I'm not really like super spiritual on anything. So it's not about that. Like it's not, you don't have to meditate or anything. It's more about just watching yourself. Most of us just aren't aware of what we're doing. And so it's just getting better and practicing, just watching what's happening and being able to go like, okay, I'm going to have a little bite of this and then walk away and then have a little bite of this and walk away. And the cool thing about mindfulness training is you don't have to actually do it that long for, for you to start seeing results. You just wake up like a month from now and you're like, wow, I didn't even notice that I, or I was way more mindful of, and it's, it's a little bit of a longer practice, but it is super nice to be like, okay, I'm in control of what I do versus I'm at the mercy of this food is around. It's amazing. And I have to eat it all. And so the course is again, jillfit.com forward slash F O B C and it's open all the time. Wow. That's awesome. So thanks for being here, Jill. Like I'm really just sitting here. Like, <laughs> I knew all this stuff. I read your blogs. Like we've been <laughs> connected for years, but still doing it in this format is just like, guys, I hope you take advantage of this. Um, Jill, where can they find you? You told us where your website is. Can we follow you on social? Can we snoop? Can we see how you do this in real time? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, first of all, if everyone is paying attention to your podcast, I know that you guys need to listen to what this woman says. She knows what's up. She has done the full transformation and she has helped so many more. So uh, pay attention to Conceit and everything that she's teaching. She's got it. She has it solid. Um, yeah. So if, if people are interested in like what this looks like, I post a lot of my like Moderation 365 food pictures on Instagram on the account Moderation 365. So that's what I if you guys are interested in this kind of content. Otherwise, you can just follow me at Jill Fit on all the handles, but at Moderation365 is where all the, the meals you know, and all that kind of stuff goes. So you guys can see what it looks like, and then I usually teach underneath. It's a full education over there. There you go, guys. So you know what we always say here at The Fierce Life. After you learn something, you have to do something. So I'm glad you enjoyed hanging out with Jill and I. However, I still have a fierce follow-up for you for this episode, should you choose to accept. This one is really, really simple, you guys. It's a two-part follow-up. So the first one is ask yourself and answer honestly, am I fed up enough with the all-or-nothing lifestyle to begin the process of getting over food obsession? If the answer is no, that's fine. That's, that's the end of your follow-up. At least you know where you stand with that. If the answer is yes, I absolutely want you to head over to jillfit.com slash F-O-B-C. Get the information about her food obsession boot camp. Um, you guys know I teach you balanced living, but like she has a solid, complete education curriculum on getting over this stuff that can definitely fast track you and help you get over that sooner than later. So as always, you don't have to take this journey alone. If you want to surround yourself with a group of women who get it, who are also hashtag team over Tupperware life, head over to my free support group for women. It's called Conceda's Fierce Friends. Go to conceitathomas.com slash become a fierce friend. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, you want to listen to it again with the timestamps in case there was something that Jill said specifically that you want to review, head over to the show notes page at conceitedthomas.com slash ep29, that's slash ep29. Also, if this episode was good, it was enlightening, you got some nuggets from it, then I promise you, you've got at least two girlfriends that will as well. Be sure to share out this episode, either post it on social, or you can actually text the link 
to this episode directly to your girlfriends. And then finally, on whichever podcast platform that you're listening to this, be sure to subscribe so that you are notified when the next episode comes out. And if you will be gracious enough to rate and review, I will be forever grateful. That's all I've got for you for today, Fierce Friend. Until next time, stay fierce. You're ready to master your motivation, keep your head in the game, and get the results that you deserve. And I have just the thing to help you boost your mood and wrap yourself in motivation every single day. Visit the Conceda Thomas Apparel Shop today to get your motivational tanks, tees, and mugs. Be sure to use the promo code FIERCEFRIEND for a discount on your first order of $25 or more. You can visit the shop at ConcedaThomas.com slash apparel. Are you sick and tired of starting over when it comes to your healthy eating? Have all your failed attempts got you wondering why you can't seem to stick to anything long enough to get results and definitely not to keep results? Listen, it's not you. It's the diet. Giving up your favorite dishes just to lose weight doesn't last. And force feeding yourself food that isn't even culturally familiar just because some guru said it would help you get results is a setup for failure. When you are ready to get real results eating the foods that you already love, it's time to schedule your eating audit. Let me help you discover the tiny tweaks you need to make to get results from the foods you already eat every day. No more diets, no more falling off the wagon, just real lasting results with food you're actually going to be happy to eat after you reach your goal. Schedule your eating audit today at ConceitaThomas.com slash audit. Hurry up, our introductory promo rate won't last forever, so schedule your audit now. If you've been wishing for fitness wear that was so comfortable that you would never want to take it off, yet fashionable enough to actually wear out for a night on the town, then you've got to check out my friends and sponsor Blessed Bodywear. Guys, they've got the goods. Once you try their squat pants, no other pants will do. I promise you, they're my absolute favorite. Visit blessedbodywear.com today and use promo code NOFUSS, N-O-F-U-S-S, to save on your orders.